0: It's all quiet in the underground bunker Doors closed Locks bolted But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels He's making sure your weekend is even better By giving you his best This is the best of Mark Levin
1: We're going to spend a lot of time in the economy Then the hearings Then electric vehicles You're not going to want to miss this And Ukraine. And I hope I get it all covered with some phone calls as well. But that's how I've laid this out today. Now, the economy. I hear these economists saying we might have a recession in a year or at least two years. The stock market tanked today. You know why the stock market tanked today? Because the Fed's going to increase interest rates. Maybe three-quarters of a point. That is a huge increase in one sweep, should that occur. Do you know why the Fed needs to raise interest rates, ladies and gentlemen? Because the Fed miscalculated during the Obama administration and... In the last several years even under the Trump administration. The Fed is an independent entity. There's nothing anyone can do about it. It kept subsidizing massive deficit spending. I want to be as clear as I can about this. The Democrats without a single Republican vote. Passed the biggest deficit bill in American history. Remember that? Three and a half trillion dollars. But before, before I blame them completely. Remember there was another vote. Remember that Mr. Producer on so-called infrastructure bill? And it was bipartisan. 19 Republicans voted for it. To add another one trillion plus dollars on top of what the Democrats spent. Mitch McConnell voted for that. Lindsey Graham voted for that. 19 Republicans voted for that just to demonstrate how bipartisan they are. Most Republicans voted against it, but the Republican leader voted for it. And I told you at the time, this is a disaster. And only a small percentage actually went to infrastructure. Just like only a small percentage actually went to COVID and that massive Marxist spending bill. And on top of that, the Democrats wanted to spend what was effectively another 5 to $6 trillion. And they were barely stopped. Meanwhile, Biden has proposed a budget, or did, that was a massive deficit spending budget. Massive. They've passed chunks of it. A budget like we've never seen before with a debt like we've never seen before. Now you know why we have inflation. On the fiscal side, the politicians don't give a crap. They want your votes. They don't care about the children and grandchildren and the generations yet born. They think they can give you a snow job on the What causes inflation? Putin, the oil companies, and so forth. But the oil companies didn't do it before. Why would they do it now? Food shortages. We have now economic dislocation. Based on the energy sector that came under attack by the war of the Democrats against capitalism, against drilling, against refining, against production. That's what happened. They were bragging about dragging the nation to this new transition. Look at these people. Transition to what? They want us all to have electric cars. There's not enough electricity in the country for all of us to have electric cars and light and heat and air conditioning and all the other devices in your house and your business and so forth, we don't produce enough electricity for that. And one of the problems is the states and the federal government control electricity even more than they control other forms of energy, like oil. You've heard of public utilities, haven't you? Look at what they've done. California is a perfect example. Brownouts and blackouts, they've had them for many years now. Of course, they blame the public utility, but the public utility can't blink. It's so heavily regulated without state and federal okay. And when you have these radical ideological politicians who hate this country and hate our economic system, and throw around this fraud about climate change, They put out of business nuclear companies, hydroelectric companies, shut down their plants, make it more difficult to refine fuel. Oh, they'll give out leases, but they won't give out permits to draw on the leases. They think they have you fooled. The war on the middle class, it's right there in American Marxism. They expected you to overthrow the bourgeoisie, you know. Managers, executives, but you didn't. We had an industrial revolution. Expanding the middle class, making the middle class the wealthiest, most populous in any nation on the face of the earth. So they have to punish you. But it's backfiring. You're not buying what they're saying, hopefully. You're not buying it. In addition to driving up the cost of everything and driving down the supply of everything, their goal is to limit your choices, to control your choices. You can only get gasoline on certain days. That's coming. You have to lower your electricity. That's coming. Maybe you have to limit the number of cars, the type of cars, the weight of cars. Maybe that's coming too. They're already getting involved in zoning. They don't like single-family homes. Federal government has no authority over this, but they're putting pressure on localities, and some localities are all in. More dense housing, near more public transportation. driving up the cost of single-family homes. It's like the border. Rather than completely defund the Border Patrol and ICE, they just changed their mission from securing the country to processing illegal aliens. I don't know how people do it. I'm being honest with you. I watch these gas prices and these food prices. That's right. People don't buy my gas and don't buy my food. My wife and I do all these things. But even as I drive around, I don't know how people on fixed incomes or people with modest incomes, I don't know how they do it. And I don't know how they're going to do it because this is just the beginning. I don't know how new moms with babies who require formula I don't know how they're getting it. I do my own research. I pop into two or three stores every other day. There is no formula. What about the impact that has on a child's development? Their brain, their ability to think. We already went through with the mass and all the rest of it. The government lied to us. The FDA lied to us. They knew about the problem over a year ago. I am sick of these bastards lying to us and then diverting everybody's attention. Food prices. There are going to be food shortages. There are going to be food shortages. Not because we failed to import wheat and corn from Ukraine. That was never a big issue with us. Just as we were energy independent, didn't matter what the Russians did with their oil or anybody else, during the Trump administration. We never had to import somebody else's wheat or corn. We overproduced. The government had to buy it. But the cost of fertilizer, the cost of harvesting, the cost of bringing the food to market, it's sky high because it all relies on oil, not electricity, oil. Where do you think fertilizer comes from? That's only up 129%. Gasoline, that's only up 110%. The Democrat Party and the American Marxists are destroying this country from within. Whether it's our classroom and education, which we've discussed for a long, long time now. They've destroyed our colleges and universities. We don't have a free press anymore. We have a propaganda mill. A Pravda. Everything they touch. It is a party that is ill-suited for a free republic. It is a party that rejects Americanism. Why is it that they always have to change things? Why is it that they always have to fundamentally change things? Why is it that we always have to transition? Why don't they leave people alone? The most successful, free, prosperous nation on the face of the earth. And we're in decline. We're in decline. Now, the Federal Reserve was basically the drug dealer for the drug addicts in Congress. It provided monetary cover for the fiscal disaster. Politicians were not supposed to have this much control over our finances, over our economy, over our currency, ladies and gentlemen. It was supposed to be a limited federal government. But it's not limited anymore. It's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. It's pushing people around. It's fining people. Penalizing people. Imprisoning people. Shutting down businesses. It's everywhere. It's devoured the civil society, as I say over and over again. It's supposed to be a small part of society to ensure that it remains civil. Instead, it has devoured the civil society. You look at those gas prices. And when you see those gas prices, you think Biden, the Democrats, and American Marxism. This is what they wanted. This is what they got. You look at these empty shells. It's no coincidence there's empty shells today, and there weren't two, three, four, ten years ago. Why are there empty shells? Think Biden, the Democrat Party, and American Marxism. Why is there so much violence in this country, so much murder in this country? Think Biden, the Democrat Party, and the American Marxists that run the courts, that run the prosecutor's offices. Why are the borders wide open? With fentanyl killing 110,000 people a year. No hearing on that. Biden, the Democrat Party, and American Marxism. This is no accident. This isn't benign. This is a plan. That's why they're not going to change. Mark
0: the Vin.
1: in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals, and listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com
0: for details. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. Let me just finish on these economic
1: matters, and then I want to move to this hearing. When interest rates go up, in addition to everything else we discussed, it limits the ability of businesses to expand. They cannot invest in research and development. They cannot invest in capital expansion. And, uh, Economic distortion brings political tyranny. The government becomes more and more powerful. This is why you're not going to find me supporting any federal red flag laws and all the rest of it. I can't support any of this, folks. There's plenty of federal laws, there's plenty of state laws. The ruling class has more power than the founders of of this country and the framers of the Constitution ever, ever, ever intended. They have the tools necessary to do their jobs. And I'm not going to be bullied and cowed into supporting this stuff. No more. No more. I see what they did with the FISA court. I see what they've done with the Patriot Act. No more. Well, we're going to have protections in these red flag laws. It won't matter. It won't matter. You know, the Parkland mass murder, the Texas mass murder, the New York mass murder... They were either on the internet, people knew who they were, and on and on. What the ruling class do? Nothing. Nothing effective. You had the police chief or whatever he was in Texas, real bonehead and a coward. You have, you have a deputy sheriff from Parkland hiding behind a cement post while people are kids, kids are being killed. You have the uh, racist mass murder. In Buffalo, all over the Internet, released from hospital in 36 hours. But he bought his gun legally. Well, why wasn't that information in the database so they could stop him? That's what I mean. So you can have a red flag law. If you had the same ruling class and the same incompetence and the same cowards, it won't matter. But you'll have to abide by it. No, I've had enough. I don't care. Bipartisan, bisexual, I've had enough. The same boneheads in Congress who've destroyed our economy. The same boneheads in Congress that will not ready this country for what I know is coming with communist China. The same boneheads in Congress who won't secure the border. The same boneheads in Congress who look the other way. While there's sexual slavery going on in the border, well the cartels are getting footholds in America? Well 110,000 Americans died last year from fentanyl? You mean that Congress? No. It's enough. Now, I want to talk about this so-called hearing. A lawyer friend of mine wrote me and said, this isn't an investigation. And he's right. This is an investigation to get to the truth To get the facts They know what they want to do And they're just trying to build their agenda And build their case I'll prove it to you How many witnesses were called By this committee to challenge its own narrative? Not one How many tape depositions were played to challenge the committee's narrative? Not one. How many witnesses were cross-examined? Not one. How many emails, texts, documents, phone records were introduced to challenge the committee's narrative? Not one. How many Republican members on the committee were able to raise questions and issues? About the committee's proceedings. Not one. How many opposition witnesses were able to testify? Not one. Not one. This isn't a hearing. This is an investigation. This is more of the same. with seven radical Marxist Democrats and two never-Trumper frauds. It's more of the same. You know, I'm amazed at former Attorney General Bill Barr, who I've known, not best buddies, but I've known him, I like them. He's their favorite witness. He's their favorite witness so far. I understand others are coming. This would be the same Bill Barr who they wanted to impeach, holding contempt, smeared, character assassinated. The same people are now showing his video testimony. Now they find him credible and believable. It's the way it works in Washington, D.C. Now they find him credible and Unbelievable. Let me tell you exactly what's going on here, ladies and gentlemen. This is sort of a Stalinist show trial, as I've said over and over again. Xi would be very proud. Putin would be very proud. The inbred in North Korea would be very proud. The Islamo-Nazis in Tehran would be very proud. This This is an appalling show trial. It's appalling. Now, what they're trying to do is lay the predicate to have Donald Trump criminally charged. And they've all said it now. And I'll get to that in a minute. I have the audio. That's the entire purpose. What they're trying to do is build the case on a few fronts that there was no fraud, we know there was no fraud. The former Attorney General of the United States said so. The former Attorney General of the United States doesn't have a clue. I would have loved to have cross-examined him on the extent to which he investigated this. So Trump knew there was no fraud. His own Attorney General said there was no fraud over and over again. His own in-house counsel told him there was no fraud. He just wanted to listen to some self-appointed loons. Some were loons, but that's beside the point. So there was no legitimate basis for Trump to say there was fraud. No court finding. His attorney general said there was no fraud. Attorney general even said during the election night, Trump charged fraud, and there was absolutely no evidence of it. Because Bill Barr did a very, very thorough examination, called each one of his U.S. attorneys to find out. No, he didn't. Did no such thing. But that's beside the point. His testimony will be used, as will the testimony of others. So that's number one. Number two, predicate. There was no legitimate constitutional avenue to challenge this. And Trump knew it. Despite what he was told by John Eastman. He was clearly told by White House counsel, among others. Even me, Mark Levin, on the air. That there's no constitutional avenue to challenge this. But he wouldn't listen. He wouldn't listen. So he knew there was no fraud. And he knew there was no legitimate constitutional way to challenge. The counting of the electors. And then number three. He encouraged. Genuinely encouraged. The violent rioting. He encouraged it. Because the Proud Boys did this. The Oath Keepers did that. Somebody was in communication with this guy. Another guy was in communication with that guy. We interviewed a thousand people. And this one wrote a text to Frank. And Frank wrote a text to Sal. You got it. Trump waited so long. The issue is video. to tell them to stand down. Of course, Merrick Garland's been waiting a long time to get protect but that's beside the point. It's Trump. We have a different standard for Trump. And he said the vice president should be hung. Now, ladies and gentlemen, do you think the president of the United States literally meant the vice president should be hung? Or to put it in proper English, should be hanged? Do you think? Of course not. I don't have access to all the information, but we never will. Because this isn't an investigation. You can't have an investigation like this and then say we're going to get to the bottom of this and then turn this all over to a corrupt Department of Justice, a corrupt U.S. Attorney and a corrupt Attorney General. But that's what's going on. Right now as I speak to you. Now, I want you to listen to this Jamie Raskin. Jamie Raskin is an old red. His dad's an old red with sympathies for the Soviet Union. He set up a, an old red think tank in Washington, D.C. That's who he is. He's of the new left, we call it. Here he is. And by the way, they all spread out. They're all on the Sunday shows. They're all on the Sunday shows. Kingzingers on Face the Nation. Raskin's on CNN. It's hard to keep track of them all. Here's Raskin on CNN yesterday, Sunday. Question by Dana Bash. Cut 12, go.
2: Is a criminal referral of a former president the right thing to do in this case? Well, there's there's a statutory authority we have for criminal referral for people who commit contempt against Congress, and that's what we did with people like Navarro and Meadows and Bannon and so on. But they're there, not a former president. Right. There's not a specific statutory provision for just referring crimes to the Department of Justice. I suppose our entire investigation is a referral of crimes both to the Department of Justice and to the American people because this is a massive assault on our on the machinery of American democracy when you have a sitting president who tries to overthrow the majority in the Electoral College of his opponent, who beat him by more than seven million votes. I guess the question is, knowing what you know and knowing what the American people will see in these hearings, do you believe that the Justice Department should indict the former president? You know, one of the uh, conventions that was crushed during the Trump administration was respect by politicians for the independence of the law enforcement function. And so I'm going to try to observe that. Uh, Attorney General Garland is my constituent, and I don't browbeat my constituents. I think that he knows, his staff knows, the U.S. attorneys know uh, what's at stake here. They know the importance of it. But I think they are rightfully paying close attention to precedent and history Mm -hmm. as well as the facts of this case.
1: This man is a liar. You know they're sharing information staff to staff. And he just communicated with the Department of Justice and his constituent, didn't he? So the so-called hearings aren't even over. The public Stalin-like show trial is only on day two. And he's already said yes. Cut 13, go.
2: Your committee says that Trump, quote, purposely, purposely, rather, spread false information. Can you prove that Donald Trump knew he lost while he was publicly saying that he won. I think we can prove to any reasonable, open-minded person that Donald Trump absolutely knew, because he was surrounded by lawyers, including the Attorney General of the United States, William Barr, telling him in no uncertain terms, in terms that Donald Trump could understand, this is BS. Uh, He heard it from the White House Counsel. He heard it from all of the lawyers who threatened to resign if he staged his little mini-coup against the Department of Justice by installing someone that would go along with his fairy tale about there having been electoral fraud and corruption. So, yeah, I think any reasonable person in America will tell you he had to have known he was spreading a big lie. And he continues to spread it to this very day. He continues to voice that propaganda on his followers.
1: All right. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, where they are and where I am. That's why you listen to this program, I think. Now you understand what's going on. I've told you for months this committee is on a parallel track with the United States Department of Justice and the U.S. Attorney's Office and the Criminal Division. That they exist for unconstitutional reasons. They're violating separation of powers, but this is a pseudo-criminal investigation to go around the Bill of Rights And I told you that Bill Barr among others that they will use their testimony to try and indict Donald Trump under the theory that Trump knew there was no fraud. Trump knew it was unconstitutional. Any reasonable person would draw that conclusion. So when Trump was advising surrogates and staff to fight it, fight it in court, fight it in the state legislatures, telling the mob to, yes, march up to the Capitol building, he didn't really mean peacefully and patriotically that he should be indicted.
0: Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin.
1: Former Attorney General William Barr used to be hated by the media, hated by the Democrats. Attacked by the never-Trumpers. And now he's celebrated. He's adored Newspapers today, from one end of the country to the other, saying the same thing as is typical. He might be the star witness in a criminal trial against Donald Trump. And if you watch the clip of Bill Barr during the questioning in the closed session away from the public, he was pretty cocky. Oh, he was cussing away, having a good old time, sliding around in his seat. And they wanted more, and he gave them more. And he wanted more yet, they did, and he gave them more yet. I'm going to read something to you. I want to read something to you that not a single person interviewing Bill Barr about his book has asked him, to my knowledge. I want to read you a letter dated June 9, 2021. June 9, 2021. Almost exactly a year ago. Public record. From the former U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania, that would include Philadelphia. William M. McSwain. Former U.S. Attorney. Dear, and he was seeking President Trump's endorsement for uh, elected office, Governor. Dear President Trump, it was my great honor to serve as U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania in your administration. You asked me to prioritize public safety, and that is exactly what I did. While Larry Krasner, the radical leftist Philadelphia District Attorney, was letting violent criminals go and refusing to prosecute rioters, looters, and arsonists, our office was putting them in jail and standing up for law-abiding citizens. In the spring of 2020, I prosecuted and won an election fraud case against a judge of elections in South Philadelphia, I mentioned this yesterday, who was stuffing the ballot box. I also charged the political consultant, a former Democratic congressman who was paying bribes to the judge to stuff the ballot box. President Trump, this is the U.S. attorney, You were right to be upset about the way the democrats ran the 2020 election in pennsylvania it was a partisan disgrace you haven't heard this man's testimony the governor the secretary of the commonwealth the partisan state supreme court made up their own rules and did not follow the law even worse the state attorney general josh shapiro the very person responsible for the enforcement of state election law declared days before Election Day that you could not win the election. It would be hard to imagine a more irresponsible statement by a law enforcement officer, especially during a hotly contested election. In light of such statements, it's hardly surprising that many Pennsylvanians lack faith in our state's election results. Now, here's the key paragraph. On Election Day and afterwards, our office, meaning the U.S. Attorney's Office, receive various allegations of voter fraud and election irregularities. As part of my responsibilities as U.S. attorney, I wanted to be transparent with the public and, of course, investigate fully any allegations. Attorney General Barr, however, instructed me not to make any public statements or put out any press releases regarding possible election irregularities. I was also given a directive to pass along serious allegations to the state attorney general for an investigation, the same state attorney general who had already declared that you could not win. I disagreed with that decision, but those were my orders. As a Marine infantry officer, I was trained to follow the chain of command and to respect the orders of my superiors, even when I disagree with them. Mr. President, he writes, public service is in my blood, and I would like to serve the people of Pennsylvania and restore conservative leadership in our state. And he goes on, once elected governor, one of my first priorities would be to modernize Pennsylvania's election process and protect the right of all Pennsylvania citizens to cast a legitimate vote. That means no ballot harvesting, undated ballots, unsigned ballots, Ballots collected after Election Day and other legitimate military and overseas other than legitimate overseas military and overseas absent ballots. Obstacles to poll watchers observing the counting of ballots. Different rules in different counties. And of course, no ballot stuffing of the kind I previously prosecuted. It also means responsible voter ID legislation ensuring people's confidence in elections should be a nonpartisan issue. and short, sure, we have a responsibility to make it easy to vote, but hard, if not impossible, to cheat. That is how we respect the will of the people and how the best and most deserving candidates win. Now, William M. McSwain, former U.S. attorney, Eastern District of Pennsylvania, as I said, that includes Philadelphia. Bill Barr says he never did this the former U.S. attorney says, oh, yes, he did. Now, this is why you have opposition. This is why you have contrary witnesses. This is why you have true hearings with both political parties represented. This is why you have depositions with Staff lawyers for the Republican Party present as well as the Democrat Party. Bill Barr has said a thousand times he's aware of no systemic fraud. We have a U.S. attorney, formally, who said that he was told to stand down. Quote, Barr instructed me not to make any public statements or put out any press releases regarding possible election irregularities. I wanted to be transparent with the public and, of course, investigate fully any allegations. I was also given a directive to pass along serious allegations to the state attorney general for investigation. The same state attorney general had already declared that you could not win. And, by the way, he's running for governor. Excuse me, running for... uh, I guess it's senator. No, no, governor. Governor, sorry. So here this sits. And Barr is going around doing a Bill Barr narcissist tour. He's showing up on Sonogram. He's showing up on airport radar. Been interviewed at Hoover. Been interviewed all over cable TV. Nobody's asked him about this. How about Mr. McSwain? Is he a liar? The former, why would he make this up? That's pretty specific. And it is also consistent. Consistent. With a call that was made to his office. call that was made to his office about irregularities taking place in Delaware County Pennsylvania and his office never responded never it's all BS don't you know we were supposed to chase every so called allegation around this is your US attorney Mr. Barr was he a kook Apparently he wasn't a kook up to this point. Was he lying? That's your suggestion, isn't it? I don't think he's lying at all. I think this is exactly what you told them. You got an issue, send it to the state attorney general. And don't put out any public statements. Because we don't want to undermine the narrative, you know. I'm not going to make personal invitations, but if Mr. Barr would like to come on the program and explain this, or Mr. McSwain, or better yet, both of them at the same time, I'll give the floor so 14 and a half million people can hear what you have to say. This is a very damning letter, June 9, 2021. Again, in relevant part, because the propaganda has been thick and constant. On election day and afterwards, the U.S. Attorney, our office received various allegations of voter fraud and election irregularities. I thought there weren't any. Isn't that what the committee told us yesterday through their one witness? Isn't that what Bill Barr said on video?
0: Well, I said, <laughs> as
1: part of my responsibilities as U.S. Attorney, I wanted to be transparent with the public. And, of course, investigate fully any allegations. Attorney General Barr, however, instructed me not to make any public statements or put out any press releases regarding possible election irregularities. Remember I said, how would Bill Barr know? Did they do some kind of universal oversight or reporting system? No, they didn't. I was also given a directive to pass along serious allegations to the state attorney general for investigation. The same state attorney general who had already declared you could not win. I disagreed with that decision, but those were my orders. But the Stalinist committee, the so-called January 6th committee, with every member having to be approved and signed off by Nancy Pelosi, not a single opposition member. Not a single opposition witness. And on and on and on. Seems to me this is worthy of pursuit. But it won't be pursued. Barr will say it's a lie and that'll be the end of it. He already has. And apparently that's the end of it. Mark
0: Levin. great one makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin.
1: I have a new replacement theory, Mr. Producer. I hope all the reprobates are listening. That is, we replace the Democrats. What do you think of that? That's my replacement theory. Replace Democrats. Of all backgrounds, all ethnicities, all races, replace them because they're killing the country. Biden threatens oil companies with emergency powers if they don't boost supply amid inflation spike. So what Biden's saying, I'm doing the interpreting for Biden now, given his uh, endless gibberish. What he's saying is, we're not going to expand drilling, but you're to increase supply in those areas where you are drilling. I I kid you not. I kid you not. And and you're to stop, quote-unquote, profiteering. Where's the money supposed to come from for them to do this? And moreover, while they're doing this, at the same time transitioning to something that doesn't exist, this new energy. Now, you have to wonder, ladies and gentlemen, let's say you're in your car now and you're in your truck, you're listening at home, you're listening at your business. I don't know where you are. Millions of you listening wherever you're listening. And when you hear Biden and the others say, we must transition to clean energy, do you ever ask yourself, what the hell do you want me to do? I'm driving my vehicle. I need to get gasoline. I have a home, it needs electricity. Or it needs oil. Or it needs natural gas, or it needs propane, whatever it needs. And we must transition. Transition to what? I'm Ernie Grabowski, I'm driving my car. It's now 150 bucks to fill it up. What do you mean transition? You're breaking me. You're breaking me, Washington, D.C. With your tentacles everywhere, trying to control everything. This is what you've caused. You're not only driving up the price of fuel. With inflation, you're driving down the value of my income. And with inflation, you're driving up the price of food. So to get to the grocery store, it's costing me a bundle. To shop at the grocery store, it's costing me a, bumble, a bundle. And now you're to, we're to transition. Transition to what? There's nothing to transition to. They can talk about electric cars all they want. The vast majority of vehicles today are not electric. And everybody doesn't have a new car. And everybody can't afford a new car at $60,000 a pop. The reason they go after vehicles and gasoline, ladies and gentlemen, is that's the best way to control you, your mobility, your lifestyle, don't drive so much. Well, I like driving. Okay, we'll drive up the cost of gas. What? Don't eat so much beef. It's not good for you. But I like beef. I don't know, but you don't understand. The cattle burp, the cattle have, you know, these other things going on. It creates pollution. No, but I want to eat beef. Okay, drive up the price of beef. But I like a single family home. I want to live in a, this is what everybody has, a single family home with a white picket fence. No, 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 no. We want dense areas. We want public transportation, you know, so the virus can spread faster. But anyway, that's what we want. But I don't want that. That's not my dream of what I want. Okay, then we'll force it on you. We'll make the price impossible. You know, Reagan used... our economic system to destroy the Soviet Union. That's what he did. And the Democrats took a lesson from that. We'll use our economic system to destroy our economic system. And to gain control. But they don't understand the American people. The American people are resisting... The American people are saying, we're not buying your crap. You did this. Not big tampon, not big baby formula, not big meat, not big farmer, not big You did this. And how do we know? Because 18 months ago, things were going along just fine. Of course, other than the virus, but I'm talking about the economy. The economy was sustained through it all it was sustained and it was growing we didn't see massive spikes in anything then you guys come into office and everything's going to hell because you're paid and bought for by your ideologues you have your propagandists in the media and this is what you do to us because ladies and gentlemen the Democrats aren't driven by by experience They're not driven by knowledge. They're not driven by facts. They're not even driven by science. It's ideology all day, every day. In every aspect of our lives, economic, the classroom, whatever it is, the media. Biden threatens oil companies with emergency powers if they don't boost supply amid inflation spike. That sounds like Maduro in Venezuela. So that's how we're going to get more production and lower prices by threatening oil companies? What next? Are they Are going to take them over? What is this, Cuba? President Biden may resort to, Fox reports, using emergency powers if American oil companies don't increase output at the refiners. Ladies and gentlemen, they can't even build a new refinery, not merely because it's economically nonsensical at this point. But the government, to go through the government red tape, it's literally impossible to build a new refinery. It's literally impossible to build a new nuclear power plant. It's literally impossible to have a hydroelectric plant. They're taking them down. What exactly are they supposed to do? So on the one hand, he said, you better do more. And I love emergency powers. They're already pushing these companies around. Like they push everybody else around telling them what to do. When these companies were left to their own, what did they do, ladies and gentlemen? They created fracking, they invented it. We were outproducing every other country on the face of the earth. We were energy independent. When you embrace capitalism and entrepreneurship, that is, the American people and their ingenuity, it works. When you embrace politicians, stupid politicians, and they're bureaucrats, it fails. Let me put it to you this way. Our bureaucracy isn't unique in America. It's not smarter than any other bureaucracy. It's not smarter than the communist Chinese bureaucracy. It's not smarter than the Canadian or the Mexican bureaucracy. Why would it be? How so? But the ingenuity in our private sector, that's where we beat every other country. Not by emulating their governments, by free will and motivation in the market system and profits. <gasps> did he say profits? Yes, I did. Biden says, oh, we're not an autocracy, we're a democracy, says the idiot. Well, we're not either. But he's an autocrat, there's no question about it. And so it was finally done, as you no doubt heard, at 2 p.m. today, Eastern Time. The Federal Reserve raised interest rates by 75 basis points. That's 0.75%, almost one point. The biggest increase, we're breaking all kinds of records. Remember Trump was breaking all kinds of good records? Well, Biden's breaking all the bad records. It's the biggest increase since 1994, almost 30 years ago. And the Federal Reserve Board Chairman Jerome Powell signaled another big move next month, intensifying a fight to contain rampant inflation. First there was no inflation, then it was transitory, then we'll live with it, and now it's rampant. And it's everybody's fault, but the Marxist spendaholics, the spending drunks in Congress and in the Oval Office, everybody else's fault. All of a sudden, economics doesn't apply. All of a sudden if you spend what you don't have and you have a printing press that doesn't create inflation. Really? Tell that to the Weimar Republic. Oh, I guess you can't. Remember those black and white movies I talked about? Those black and white movies where you see in Germany after World War 1, people having so much paper money so worthless they had wheelbarrows they were moving it around much like Venezuela, much like Zimbabwe not long ago. Well, that's what happens. Uh, And Powell said another 75 basis points, likely. 50 basis points and then maybe uh, 25 basis points. Unfortunately, this is something that had to be done. I told you before that the Federal Reserve was the drug dealer for the drug addicts in Congress, the people who are fiscally irresponsible. This is on Biden. This is on Pelosi. This is on Schumer. This is on AOC and the squad of Marxists. This is on them. And I might add, who contributed to it, as I've said before? The 19 Republicans. Who voted for just another trillion bucks on infrastructure. Wow, geniuses. Geniuses. Led by Mitch McConnell. He's such a great leader, that Mitch. He's a great leader, Mitch McConnell. Leader of what, I don't know.
0: Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best, the best of Mark Levin. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you remember,
1: I think it was four border agents on the horses accused of whipping migrants, and they weren't whipping anybody. Remember that? Remember Joe Biden saying they will be punished? Of course, the president's not supposed to say that. But he also told his prosecutors to go after everybody on January 6th. Remember that, too? But then he said, but I didn't, you know, direct them. They're independent, of course. Well, sources told Fox that uh, DHS will be releasing more details in coming days, but that these agents will be punished. They're going to punish them administratively even though they've been cleared by the Inspector General of all criminal conduct. They weren't whipping anybody. The only person whipping anybody is Biden and the only entity are the media as they try to whip the people into anger with everything and then complain about anger. The journalists who who took the uh, the video, who recorded it, said at the time that he didn't see them being whipped, that nobody else saw them being whipped. said, I saw them swinging their reins, but they weren't whipping anybody. But that doesn't matter. So here's my point to you. Here's my point. When you can railroad big people you can railroad little people. What do I mean? When you can railroad a President Trump or former President Trump, when you can railroad certain people in his circle, that is, when you can have show trials, have judges who are partisan, have prosecutors who are out of control, Because they're targeting your political opponents. Or when you refuse to enforce the law in many instances against people who've committed heinous acts, violent acts. You let them out the back door and so forth, depending on their politics and what they're rioting about. Then uh, you're dealing with the uh, lawlessness, period. It's lawlessness, You're using the law to destroy the law. That's what you're doing. You're using the law to destroy the law. So when you can railroad, quote-unquote, big people, you can railroad Border Patrol agents. Even though the eyewitness who took the video said they didn't whip anybody. Even though the Inspector General conducted an investigation and said they didn't do anything, certainly not worthy of criminal action. You know they got the orders from on high. Find some rule. Find something. Punish them. And if possible, kick them out of the Border Patrol. That's what's going on here. The Border Patrol. It's a thankless job. They're overwhelmed. They're overworked. They're being abused by this administration. as is ICE, and are the many patriotic employees at ICE. So when you can do that, and you know, here's the other thing. You know the media are going to carry the water for you. It's like this Kavanaugh thing. They just indicted this 26-year-old on charges of, uh, I guess not murder per se, obviously, but attempted murder or something of that sort, just indicted him. And yet on the Sunday shows, they said nothing. And the Democrats, until last night, sat on a bill that would protect not just Kavanaugh, but his entire family and that of all the other justices. And the Attorney General still hasn't charged a single person for violating that 18 U.S. Code, Section 1507. It's memorized now by everybody. Once we found it. Actually, my wife found it and gave it to me. In which, you're not even allowed to peacefully protest because the peaceful protest is seen as a threat, an attempt to interfere with, and pressure, a judge or a justice or a court official to do something they wouldn't otherwise do. So you can understand why they're treated differently than other people. They're not supposed to be politicians, even though in the District of Columbia, judges act like politicians. So this is what you get, lawlessness. And even here, American News, Kavanaugh's neighbor speaks out against protesters, details horrific experience since Roe v. Wade leak. Now, the media have helped pour the fuel on the fire with this. We know the Democrats have, especially Schumer and Pelosi. I mean, if we didn't know better, we'd say they want violence, wouldn't we? If we didn't know better, of course. The neighbors say these are people who come from out of the area. They have a staging point in a parking lot fairly nearby. The organized group of protesters typically meet on Wednesdays and Saturdays around 7 p.m., causing a nuisance for families with young children. That's when people are putting their kids to bed. That's, there's little kids who live on the street. It's a horrific experience, the neighbor told Fox News. It's not great if you have kids of any age, but it's unbelievably stressful. And the kids are very upset. The kids have to be sent inside. It's so loud you can't put your kids to sleep. They pick the exact time and they don't care. Literally, there's no way on a Wednesday night you can put your kid to bed. There have been instances of verbal abuse and intimidation towards the neighbors, not just Justice Brett Kavanaugh. They have drummers, they have a megaphone, and they chant, they yell, all kinds of things. They've told neighbors, F you, F your children, things like that. And so they're abusive toward the neighbors and intimidating. Well, maybe people need to do this to Attorney General America, I don't know where Garlis Garland. Yeah, Garlis. His neighborhood. So I'm not encouraging, and I'm just saying. He allows this to go on. He allows this to go on. He won't charge a single person. They go in the street. We've been told that because they will move eventually when a car comes down the street. They're not technically blocking the street. Well, But they are technically violating federal law. Expressing frustrations with a lack of enforcement. The neighbors said that there are noise ordinances in their community, but protesters don't have to abide by the same federal... Does that sound like the riots of 2020? Different rules for different people, depending on who they are. Now, you know damn well if this had been done in front of the home of any left-wing justice, for the great Ruth Bader Ginsburg, of course, there'd be no tolerance for this. None. And Meritless Garland was a circuit judge, an appellate court, uh, judge, D.C. I don't think he would have tolerated, but now he's the attorney general, you know. What we've also been told is that this is behaving within the bounds of the law. And the only law that can be enforced is the federal law, that they're not supposed to protest outside the home of a judicial officer. But the federal partners decline to enforce the law. Federal partners. All right, so this is coming from local police. Because nobody else talks that way, and I want to thank them for speaking. And they're kind of concealed under the neighbor. The neighbor called out political leadership for failing to intervene as they stressed that the disruptive protests affect each community member due to their homes being situated within close proximity, one to the other. There is nowhere to go to get away from it. I think people are very concerned if there is isn't action taken that this will escalate in a way that's very unpredictable and very unsafe. And that's what's so discouraging is the fact that there just doesn't seem to be anyone in a position of leadership or authority who is considering those issues and acting on them and trying to look for a solution rather than just allowing this possibility to escalate. really is quite unbelievable, don't you think? And the media? And a lot of camera crews, obviously... Who were here for the news. So they came. They had more drums, more noise. They were very, very loud, very, very aggressive. They dance in the streets as well. I mean, it's very unnerving. There's no consideration given to the neighbors. We're expected to just take it. And very little is being done about it. We've also been told you can't engage with these people, they have no filter. They will have no regard for your personal property or personal safety, so don't engage with them. So we're basically being told that these people are not safe. Takes you away, your sense of security. We have no idea who could embed themselves in this group of protesters. The whole neighborhood is suffering. And so uh, we wait for Meritless Garland to do something about this, which means nothing will be done. It's amazing, isn't it, how things are dropped by the media, except January 6th. have American citizens who were left in Afghanistan, we have no idea what's happened to them. And nobody cares. Nobody. Nobody. The war in Ukraine goes on. Ukraine is losing. Their people are being slaughtered. The media barely even talk about it anymore. Look at the southern border. Who's coming across the southern border? What are they doing? The little kids? Only mattered when Trump was there, of course. It's as if it's not even happening because they don't report on it. An assassination plotted against a Supreme Court justice. Well, it didn't happen. What's a big deal. Besides, he was going to vote to overturn Roe versus Wade. Wade, so that's okay.